I'm on a mission to help everyone in the world become fully self-empowered, helping people get you from crappy to happy, basically. You don't actually get what you want. You get what you are a match for, a vibrational match for. I was sitting at my desk and it just felt like a slab of concrete had been laid on my chest. There was a huge pressure on it. And I thought, bloody hell, I'm having a heart attack. And then I sat there and I thought, no, no, I'm not having a heart attack. It's got to be a panic attack. It must be anxiety. Fuel your dreams. Ignite your inspiration. Join us and feel at home here at Fearless Inspiration. I think that entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, people who've got their own businesses and not constrained by the you know, the doctrines and the dogma of a corporation that's got its already established culture that you have to fit into. We have the opportunity to shape the world how we want to see it. For me, purpose isn't, isn't what we do. It's who we're being while we're choosing to do what we do. Wouldn't the world be a better place if we all realized how all the things that we're blaming the outside world for we can change simply by changing ourselves on the inside first. And today's guest is Keith Corbett, a master healer and empowerment educator. He founded the Academy for Empowerment, which is a resource for awakening entrepreneurs, and he's the author of The Heart Manifesto. Hi, Keith. Where are you calling from today? I'm in sunny Staffordshire. Brilliant. Now, the opening icebreaker question is, can you tell me about something that you just love doing? Something that just drips out of you, a passion? Yes, I play the bass guitar. I used to play proper guitar. I said proper, <laughs> non-normal guitar. Yeah. <laughs> but I broke my arm when I was 19 and it never set straight. So I can't hold my palm fully flat, which makes it ache when I try to play bar chords. So I switched to bass and I love it. I really like um, the sort of uh, the vibe of it. It's as kinesthetic as it is auditory. And after all the you know kids had left home and I'd uh, got out of the rat race and stuff, I started reliving my youth and joining bands. I played in a booze, blues band, I've played in a punk rock band, and I'm currently in a looking to be a function band as soon as we can find a decent drummer. So I'll pick up and noodle on the bass any time of day when there's five minutes to spare. That's great. That's great. Thanks. Now, I've got a bit on your history. We'll get into that in a moment. But to start off with the inspiration, who is your biggest inspiration and why? That's a really, really great question. And I thought about this and I thought, you know, people are going to be saying, you know, things like Nelson Mandela or Gandhi or something like that, or Emma, you know, who's just won the tennis tournament in the in the States. But actually, I don't really see any major global figure who, for me, is that inspiring. The people who are inspiring me are ordinary people, maybe ordinary people like myself. Um, People like Taz Thornton, who's become one of the country's top coaches, and she shows up every day. She's a fantastic content creator, real heart-centered business and passionate person. And Pam Case, I know, who is an expert on LinkedIn and how to get the best out of networking on LinkedIn to grow your business. So David Blackhurst, uh, who's a person I know who has set up the Tiny Homes Foundation, a registered charity to make affordable living spaces by converting uh, you know, containers into, into bijou living spaces. And he has a whole concept around creating little villages and reducing homelessness and making housing affordable for everybody. And brilliant people like that who are not famous, they're not 
you know, no one else, you know, out of our circle probably haven't heard of them. And those are the kind of people I find really inspiring. And it encourages me to do more because, you know, as a property investor, I actually don't have to do anything. I, I get paid every day, whether I get out of bed or not, I've got a portfolio and, you know, it runs itself pretty much. But I'm on a mission now. And these are the kind of people who keep me on track. I, I want to be as good as them. And I don't want to be letting them down when I'm networking with them and they say, what are you up to? I says, well, I couldn't be bothered doing anything this week. That's not right. <laughs> you know. So yeah, it's just ordinary people like that who are doing great things, real heart-centered local businesses. That's brilliant. Now, you just said you're on a mission. So I want you to tell me about that. But first of all, I'm guessing I'll just give my little bit of research on you. So you started with a business studies degree and then you were a senior PR and marketing manager. And then after some extraordinary supernatural experiences, you spent 15 years researching metaphysics and how to apply this to the real world, which took you on a journey into hypnotherapy, NLP, timeline therapy, and lots of different ones that I've not mentioned there. And that's resulted in this heart manifesto method and your book of the same name, and also the woodland wellness that you've set up. So could you tell us a bit more about your mission first and then anything that inspired you along that interesting journey? Yeah, well, I'm on a mission to help everyone in the world become fully self-empowered. And I know it might not happen in my lifetime, but we can at least make a start and get the ball rolling. So what happened, if I go back to the beginning, you asked me how I was inspired to do this, how, how I go back to the beginning is this. For me, it literally started with a scream. I just, middle of the night, I mean, I was every bit, you know, the young exec. I'd got the house, the cars, the holidays, all the your trappings that, you know, going up the corporate ladder, all that sort of stuff. In the middle of the night, I woke up and I saw the ghost of my dead grandmother standing by my bedside. I was like, ah! really just, yeah. And she came three times and, you know, is it real? Is it hallucination? And it, it doesn't really matter. What matters is this. It set me on this journey, a path of discovery and self-discovery. And I've been able to make massive positive change in my life. And then I've helped many other people around the world do the same. I have clients literally from Singapore to Seattle. What I really noticed most about it, I mean, I've, I mean, I, I read, I went to conferences and workshops and meetings and I trained and I got a whole slew of qualifications, a lot of scientifically validated stuff, as you mentioned, NLP, hypnotherapy, that sort of stuff, more esoteric stuff like energy work and shamanic initiations. And what I do is I blend the scientific, the metaphysical, and the spiritual teachings together to basically make people more self-empowered by losing the mental emotional blocks, by aligning with their core being and accessing hidden inner resources. Because the one thing I notice is how easily as human beings, we give up our power. It leads to distress. It leads to overwhelm, dissatisfaction, anxiety, depression. And we're way more powerful than we know. And I just wanted to help people understand that. And wouldn't the world be a better place if we all realized how all the things that we're blaming the outside world for, we can change simply by changing ourselves on the inside first. And so that's where I am with it today. Wow. Wow. That is quite a mission. Thank you for that. And you, you mentioned that, you know, people blaming the outside world for some things that they think are happening to them. And now I've definitely been guilty of the victim mindset. But then I googled and found the opposite to victim and its creator. And that is so amazing of 
contrast to go from victim mindset to creator mindset. I'm not quite living it yet, but at least it opens a door in my mind. Have you got any comments on that shift from victim to creator? Yes, exactly. And, and, and a lot of work I do is, is around helping people get at cause and understanding that the events or situations or people that they perceive they have no control over are actually kind of self-generated, really. It was, it was Carl Jung who coined the phrase, perception is projection. And Neville Goddard, one of the thought leaders, the new thought leaders from the 1950s, he said, whatever you experience in your physical world reality is a reflection of your inner consciousness. And I really noticed this. And whether you think you're somehow magically making the world as you go along, or whether you think you just your attention is just focused on what you do want rather than what you don't want, therefore you're more likely to see it. However you look at it, it doesn't matter. The fact is it really does work. And you, you mentioned the heart manifesto, which is a technique that I use with my clients. I mean, once you've got the baggage out of the way, you can look to create your future the way you want it focus on what you do want in your life rather than what you don't want. And it boils it down into a very simple process, which employs the very things that set up at a quantum level. You've got this vibration going on and you want a harmonic. So you don't actually get what you want. You get what you are a match for, a vibrational match for. And if you can align that with what you want, then fantastic. It has to happen. And that's what that little book was about. It's a, it's a doing book, not a reading book. And I do use that with my clients as, as well as many other techniques for getting the right mindset and mental wellness. You, you know, if you're distressed, you've got to deal with that first before you can get to the point where you can get yourself to a happy place. You've got to deal with the root cause it might be an unconscious self-limiting belief, for example, around self-worth. That has to be got out. We have a really good kind of release methodology, which gets that uh, sorted and one of the things I'm really good at is identifying the blocks, what is blocking you and getting that. It's a good skill to have, actually. Yeah, yeah, maybe I need to do that. And I couldn't help notice that because our couple of episodes ago, we had a, a guest, Elizabeth Villager Tufexis, and she does the timeline therapy, which I'd not heard about. And I noticed you do something similar. Is that part of, of that going back piece? I use timeline therapy as well as, I mean, a lot of modalities. I, I used to put them on the wall, but the wall's not big enough. I keep all the certificates in a binder now. So yeah, timeline therapy. I trained in timeline therapy to master practitioner level, as well as NLP and hypnotherapy and NLP coaching. I don't really do coaching per se. I'm not like an accountability coach. I can do it, but it's not who I am. I guess you'd call it a therapist. I'm more sort of, you know, helping people get you from crappy to happy, basically. No, it's brilliant. Crappy to happy. I like. I like that. <laughs> so the Academy for Empowerment, and you're particularly focusing on awakening entrepreneurs, empowering them to use the natural laws of the universe. Why entrepreneurs in particular? Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, I think that entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, people who've got their own businesses and not constrained by the you know the doctrines and the dogma of a corporation that's got its already established culture that you have to fit into. We have the opportunity to shape the world how we want to see it through the services and products that we offer and the way we treat our customers, our clients, our suppliers, our colleagues, our staff, all of this stuff. We can be a little beacon of light in the world. And the whole society we live in is commercial. Commerce is where it all goes on. Money is the lifeblood. We're all out to make money and have a good lifestyle and do good work with it. 
And you know, 99.99% of people are good, honest, decent people. And those of us who've taken the plunge into the entrepreneurial world, I think can have a major role to play in making the world a better place in this way. And I use the word awakening. I mean, if you were like me, like and I'm going back 20 years now, where you might think there's more to the world than meets the eye, but you're not sure about it. And then, you know, not everyone has a granny Alice to come and wake them up, but that set me on a journey. And I want to help other people discover the same things that I did. And I can cut it short. It doesn't have to take you 20 years. It's all in one nice little compact package. And uh, yeah, it's a contribution I'm hoping to make to the world. Yeah. And this is only the second time in my life in this last month, I've heard someone point out to me the fact that being an entrepreneur is such an opportunity to influence the world because you are a bit more once you become a decent entrepreneur, you've got the wherewithal to, to actually make some change. Right? Yeah. So thank you for reminding me of that. And it's going to help on my endeavors. Okay. Can you tell us a time maybe when you were to a low ebb or you'd had a challenge and something managed to inspire you out or you inspired yourself out? Yeah. So I don't, inspire is an interesting word for the thing that comes to mind when you ask that question. It, this was going back, uh, I was still in the corporate world and there was a, a reorganization, a change of roles and uh, my role changed. Um, the company wasn't in a happy place. There was a lot of dissatisfaction with the employees. The, the leadership had changed and culture was changing, a lot of downsizing and offshoring, people afraid for their jobs. And it was like that in the tech industry for everybody. So I'm not criticizing the company for doing what they have to do to stay in business. But for those of us in the sort of, let's call it the richer countries, it was it was a difficult place to be. And my role had changed and I, I wasn't really where I wanted to be. I didn't see it as, a, as a, grow, a growth thing. I'm always trying to grow, do something different, do something new. And um, it was sort of going, it wasn't going backwards. I stayed at the same level, but it was stuff I'd done before. And so I wasn't so excited about it. But I thought, you know, I'll, I'll crack on with it. It's only temporary till the next reorg, you know how it goes. But I was sitting at my desk and it just felt like a slab of concrete had been laid on my chest. There was a huge pressure on it. And I thought, bloody hell, I'm having a heart attack. And then I sat there and I thought, no, no, I'm not having a heart attack. It's got to be a panic attack. It must be anxiety. So okay, the first thing to do is call the doctor just in case. And so they booked me an an ECG emergency cardiogram at the hospital, an emergency cardiogram appointment came up for three days later. (laughs) Well, how long are you going to wait if it's not an emergency? Anyway, uh, so they put me on this treadmill and I had to run and they took bloods and they tested my recovery rate and all that sort of stuff. And I sat down with the consultant afterwards and he he got this ticker tape. And I think they were quite surprised how quickly I recovered from being you know, run to exhaustion on a, on a treadmill for 15 minutes uphill. And he looked at it and he said, I, I can't see any problem with the heart. He said, the only thing I can find is that your cholesterol is slightly high. And I said, well, that, that might be my normal cholesterol level, it's, which could be quite healthy in my case. And he said, you're probably right. So <laughs> that was that. There was nothing really wrong with me. So it had to be up here, nothing physical. And yeah, and, and I realized it's because I wasn't following my path. I, you know, I'd spent 10 years by that time learning all of this sort of, you know, having a more holistic view of the world, but I wasn't practicing it. And at, at an unconscious level, that was causing me dissatisfaction. And that's how it showed up. And that's when I made the decision to get out of the corporate world. And I'd already started property investing because um, that was a whole slew of synchronicities, which got me into that. But um, 
So that slab of concrete on the chest, if you want to use the word inspired, inspired me to get out into the world and develop the practice, the, the woodland wellness practice, where I help people overcome anxiety and depression. I set up the Academy for Empowerment. I have an online resource for people to become more self-empowered. And now I am doing uh, public speaking about um, empowerment. I'm all about self-empowerment. When I have a client, I don't want them coming to me all the time. I, we'll do a program. Yes, maybe we'll do half a dozen sessions, something like that. But then I want them to go away and be self-empowered, not dependent on, upon me. And that's my uh, philosophy. Yes, that's a really inspiring story. Don't worry, I've made notes of today's top 10 hits of inspiration. Hang on to the end to hear the summary. Now, slightly different subject. I personally love inspiring events that somehow spontaneously bring people together and kind of melt hearts, making people feel like they're on the same team. Do you have an inspiring event or circumstance in that space that you can recall? Do you know what? The inspiring event or circumstance that I think of that has made a major contribution to bringing us together is this pandemic we've had and, and is ongoing in some way. But we had these lockdowns, our whole world changed. And the big thing that we all realized from it was how much we valued human connection and the social connection and interaction with other human beings, which we were denied because of the lockdowns and how your mental health and wellness is impacted by not having that in your life. And the other plus to come out of it was the massive growth of online networking. And uh, I've, I love networking. I mean, I've been running my own curry nights in Stoke-on-Trent for local property investors since 2013. Yeah, we get usually between six and 10 people each time. There's just like a little core group of us who are nearly always there. And then other, other people come and go. And it's just social. There's no charge for it except for the food, obviously. And, and it's good to connect with like-minded people who we've got the same goals. We're not... Um, I don't see the world as a competitive place. I think there's more than enough for everybody. I have an abundance mentality, not, not a lack mentality. Like to share and help people. And you know, if you need a plumber or you know, paint a decorator or a surveyor, we've got all the resources and connections. We can we can all help each other out, and we can all bitch about estate agents all day long. You know, things that you can't talk to normal people about. I say normal people, other people who are not in the property world, because it's just like we're not interested. You know, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, thank you. And for people who've got really low self-belief, they've forgotten how amazing they are, how to wave their flag. Is there anything that you can say to those guys? Yes, I think I think the first step is to realize where the problem is, and, and it's here. And it's not out there. It's here, and, and it's here. And it doesn't take a lot to make massive change. You know, releasing the mental, emotional blocks, the, the negative emotions, the self-limiting beliefs, the attachments the toxic attachments to people which don't serve you anymore. And then aligning yourself with your core being, your value set. Do you know what your business values really are? What's important to you about your business? It's no good saying, well, I did this to have more free time. And then you're burning yourself out working 24-7. You're compromising a key value. And this will lead to dissatisfaction and it will show up as problems in your life. And then being in alignment with your core being. Who are you in your core being? What is your life purpose? And for me, purpose isn't, isn't what we do. It's who we're being while we're choosing to do what we do. But there are clues, you know, if it's bringing you joy and fulfillment, 
it's likely you're in alignment with who you are. If it's sucking the life out of you, that's a clue. You know, probably you should make some change. And then how to access those inner resources. You know, if, if you want to call it the, you know, your intuition, natural forces of the universe to move you in the direction you want to go. It's quite easy to do when you know how. You don't have to spend 20 years researching it like and testing it like I did. I can just tell you. Yes. Wealth of knowledge. And yeah, hopefully we're going to record a little bit of extra content for our Fearless Inspiration group at the end and put a bit more in that. But at the moment, quickfire inspiration. And now it's time for quickfire inspiration. So first of all, could you tell us what your most inspiring film is? Do you know what? I mean, I'd love to say something like Schindler's List or Gandhi or something like that. But when you ask me the question, what comes into my head is the Blues Brothers. And it's a fabulous film. I like blues music to start with. They've got the faith and nothing will deter them. And they're going to make it happen. They're putting the band back together against all the odds and it happens. And they do it in a beautifully entertaining way and a superb car chase to boot with their loads of police cars crashing on top of each other at the end. So what's not to love about it? I can watch that forever. That's brilliant. It's, yeah, everybody has their own unique inspiration. And the second one, your most inspiring aspect of nature. So it's the highs and lows, being on top of a mountain, absolutely awe-inspiring, and then being down paddling in the sea. It's a simple pleasure, but one that I like a lot. I do love the wind. A really, like in autumn, we get a lot of really, really strong winds. I like the ones that you can sort of lean into and they'll kind of hold you up and let it drop. Then you face plant. You have to go to look out for that. <laughs> I like that. Your most inspiring aspect of design or style? Yes, well, I've never been known to be um, much of a style victim or, or anything like that. But I tell you what, I can't resist a beautifully made guitar. The shape of it, the feel of it, the wood, the tone. And I guess, you know, we like what we like. You know? Yes, that's, that's, that's <laughs> great. The artwork in, yeah, in the woodwork. I, I really like beautiful woodwork. So it's similar. And sure, then sure. your most inspiring song that you sing before you go out. Oh, well, actually, when I go, my, my karaoke song it is Born to be Wild. But in my case, it's probably Born to be Mild. But what I love about it is that it's about freedom and it's about loving everybody. And I think that's a great message to have. Brilliant. And the last quick fire inspiration is, can you tell us your most inspiring aspect of travel? Might be a way of travel or a place? Yes. So... I used to live in uh, Colorado and I went for two years and I stayed for six. And I just absolutely love Colorado. It has over 300 sunny days a year. It gets really hot in the summer, gets really cold in the winter. You don't feel cold because it's, there's, n there's almost no humidity. It's very dry and it's like a, it's a mile high on the plains, but it's got those mountains. I like to ski. So if we say, where's my most favorite place, Colorado comes to mind. Brilliant. I like that. So for people who are over-inspired and want to keep a balance between really being inspired and staying grounded, is there anything you can share on that front? Do you know, there's a technique I teach uh, my clients, which is a way of increasing your intuition. But the way we do it, it it's sort of meditative. It's a, it's a breathing exercise and it makes you focus on the breath. And that keeps you grounded. It keeps you present and not sort of out there somewhere. You're in your body. You're thinking about the breath. You keep coming back to that. You are absolutely grounded, but it's called hard breathing. I'm using our mind and, and what we're doing with the breath to boost. It's actually a workout for your third eye, your intuition, if you like. And we all 
your psychic senses, if you want to call it that. And it does boost your creativity and helps you become, make more empowered decisions and make inspirational. Well, it's a real good idea generator. It, you know, just pumps up your intuition. But at the same time, because of the, the way you're doing it with focusing on that breath work, keeps you in the physical plane. So I think that would be a good solution for that particular issue. The idea of being too inspired is a little bit hard to grasp, to be honest. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I think it's <laughs> yeah, well, almost unique to me, that one. But uh, yeah, right. We're almost at the end. The, the final two questions is, what is most right in the world? I think that what's most right in the world is how we come together in when times are hard, when we have crisis and difficulty and things are down. And if someone is in trouble, how willing we are to just get in and help. And I think for 99.9% of us, that's the way we are. And I think that's a great human quality. And if we did that all the time, even when there wasn't a distressful situation, how much better it would be as well. I agree wholeheartedly. That's, yeah, that's half the reason for this podcast to try and, yeah, hopefully in the future generate, you know, a togetherness even when things aren't bad or increased togetherness. There's lots of great stuff already, but why not go mad? You know, I don't know how relevant this is to that, but I saw a TEDx talk recently by a director of a research program at Harvard University, and he, he's the current director of it. It's been going on since the 1930s. And they started off with 750 people in the program, and there's still maybe half a dozen or so of them still alive. And every few years, they asked them this whole bunch of questions and assessed their lifestyle. And some of them became like millionaires, senators, others uh, you know, lived in poverty. But um, what they found was that only up to a certain point was money able to improve your sense of well-being and your happiness. And the biggest contributing factor was your connectedness and your community. And didn't matter how much money you had, if you hadn't got that, you were unhappy. And you could be quite poor because you've got that great sort of family and friends and social environment and community spirit. You could be really, really happy in yourself. And I found that to be really, really interesting. And I think supports what you're trying to do there. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's really wise. And what is the next book? on your reading list or your current one? I can tell you it's uh, How to Stand Out as a Public Speaker and Be More Giraffe by Elliot Kay. So I said I'm on a mission to do more public speaking and I'm on his mastermind program and he's got a new book coming out next week and that's the one I'm going to read next. Thanks for sharing that. And if people want to get in touch with you, how should they do that? You can connect with me on, on LinkedIn. That's, I'm on there. Um, quite a bit. Or if you go to Woodland Wellness, there's a contact form on there. You can send me a message, come straight to me. If you go to woodlandwellness.co.uk, on the front page there, there's a thing that says instant stress relief. And if you put your email address in there, you can get a five-minute audio file. So if you're ever like frazzled or you just need to just let the pressure out, just listen to this. It's the calm routine. It'll calm you right down. It's not a permanent solution for stress, but it's a temporary fix. And if you come in after being frazzled all day and you want to just have a calm evening or you can't sleep at night and you want to still the mind chatter, it's really good for that sort of thing. Cool. Thank you ever so much for sharing that. So yeah, thanks for your time today. And uh, yeah, I look forward to catching up being as you live quite close to me. So yeah. We should do that. Yes. In the, in the wholly inadequate. Brilliant. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Today's top 10 hits of inspiration from Keith. 
One, reconnect with your youth. Two, let others be an inspiration to keep you on track. Three, question whether some of the things that you are blaming on the outside world, you might actually be able to change your own view on, on the inside of you first. Four, it may be the case that before you can have the best experience living your best life, there may be some mental baggage that needs to be addressed. Five, you don't actually get what you want, you get what you're a match for, a vibrational match for energetically. Six, entrepreneurs have the opportunity to shape the world how they want to see it when they're not constrained by the doctrines of a corporation, for example. They can do this through the services and products they provide, the way they treat their clients, suppliers and staff. Entrepreneurs can be a little beacon of light in the world. Seven, be inspired by people who save you 20 years of discovery by writing a nice little book and putting it all in a package for you. Eight, on an unconscious level, might you be causing yourself dissatisfaction by not following your path, as Keith found out with the slab of concrete on his chest. Nine, get inspired by the fact that you can become more self-empowered by linking up with the relevant training. 10. It's great to come from an abundance mindset where you believe there is enough to go around. 11. It may not take very much to make massive change if you can just release some of your mental blocks and limiting beliefs. 12. Get inspired by the journey to find out what your core values are. 13. Get inspired by following the clues to your true purpose. Ask, is this sucking the life out of me? Or is it bringing me joy and fulfillment? And finally, 14. Celebrate your connected to others or relish the opportunity to make stronger connections or new connections. As the Harvard study that Keith mentioned that has been going for over 80 years suggests, the sense of connectedness and community is the largest contributor to your sense of well-being and happiness. Thanks for joining us today. We do have some extra content which will be available in our group when that's launched shortly. Thanks for continuing to follow us on this growing journey of inspiration and inclusion. I really appreciate your company. Go leave us a review on iTunes if you feel some inspiration from today. And of course, I'd love you to share us. If you want to get in touch, our email address is in the show notes, together with links from today's episode. Watch out for next week's episode, where we'll be speaking to Tracy Catlin Ward, founder of the Witch Property Group, where women in property share the magic, and host of the Sweat, Grit and Hustle podcast. Thanks again. Look forward to seeing you next week for another boost of inspiration. Thanks to Ben Sound for the music.